Set Phasers, a highly illogical Star Trek podcast. Stevie. How are you? Oh, you know, living the dream. I'm out here on the road in lovely Burlington, Vermont today. Ooh. Uh, yes. Uh, as you can hear from the dulcet tones of my voice, we are one more show before we get a day off for vocal rest. <laughs> but uh, but I'm feeling great. And, uh, and I'm also feeling great about this episode of Star Trek. It was so fun. <gasps> Wasn't it wonderful? It was a delight, critics called it. Truly delightful. Very uh, throwback to the 60s episodes. Just <clears throat> as much as they uh, decried hijinks, it was full of hijinks. Delightful Lots of hijinks. hijinks. Love some hijinks. Oh, God. We all love hijinks. Uh, hello, everyone. I hope you love hijinks, because that's this whole podcast. <laughs> this is Set Phasers, the highly illogical Star Trek podcast. And today we're talking about Season 1, Episode 5 of Star Trek's Strange New Worlds franchise. See, uh, an episode entitled Spock Amok. And uh, today started, it started 415-605.2. Uh, but before we get into a rundown of what happened in the episode, we have to handle a little business. Stevie, hit him with the business. The business. We got some biz. I can't do it the way you do it. Too, too British. Too British. <laughs> some business. <laughs> some business. Let's get down to brass tacks. <laughs> kind of you can join us on Patreon uh, for more hijinks with Aki and myself. We will get together and watch Star Trek. We'll get together and have zoom hangouts you can watch aki dance 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 uh you can even sometimes watch aki cook it's it's somewhat julia child's but we all enjoy it and you can do that for as little as i believe two or three dollars a month at patreon.com forward slash set phasers become an ensign become a lieutenant or become a commander and Mm. join us for all of these extras such as behind the scenes stuff from us uh, early access to audio and video episodes and of course the zoom hangouts and uh, the watch parties and more only from patreon.com forward slash set faces set faces um yes there there is dancing you you've got to believe me people if you're listening you're not catching the dancing uh i gotta dance gotta dance (laughs) gotta dance that's two episodes in a row yeah (laughs) why don't we run it down why don't we just run it down it's time to run it down. Can you run it down for me? What just happened? Can you run it down for me? Oh, yeah. Love to run it down. Well, it begins on the planet of Vulcan, I think. We see Spock entering a cathedral and he bangs a geometric gong. He's getting married to T'Pring. Remember T'Pring from the first episode? Uh, but just as she steps forward in their ceremonies to begin, she says, Spock, your ears, 
and his ears are round like a human's. Uh, and she says she won't marry a human. And so she chooses Califi, which is ritual combat. And Spock says, uh, but who will I have to fight? She says, you will fight him. And she points, and it's another Spock, this one with Vulcan ears. And uh, uh, Spock's like, oh no, fighting myself. This is very illogical, but they fight. Uh, Vulcan Spock versus human Spock. And Vulcan Spock wins. And just as Vulcan Spock is about to make the killing blow and destroy, uh, uh, destroy and, and chop off the human Spock's head, uh, Spock wakes up <gasps> on the Enterprise. He checks himself in the mirror. Oh, God, no. I still have Vulcan ears. Thank goodness. Uh, he does a Stardate log. Uh, Stardate. He does a log. It's Stardate 23414. The Enterprise is at uh, Starbase 1 because it's getting repairs after it got all jacked up by uh, fighting with the Gorn and being in that brown dwarf and doing all the crazy things that they did. They limped away. Uh, Starbase One has been really uh, newly repaired after the Klingon War, which you may remember if you saw Discovery, Discovery Season One. Uh, and Spock's like, "Hey, everyone's getting downtime, surely, but first I got to help the captain with this diplomatic situation, but also going to spend a little quality time with my fiance to bring." Uh, and so he's in his room and he's in his quarters and he's setting things up and to bring enters and they uh, apparently I wrote they kissy kissy and but then to bring is a bit flummoxed by the humanness of the com the accommodations. Uh, Spock says, oh, uh, I'm, I'm redecorating it. It'll be much more uh, Vulcan in a bit. Uh, but she's also grateful that Spock found accommodations for her colleague Katil. Apparently, uh, T'Pring's job is to hunt down dangerous Vulcan criminals and rehabilitate them by showing them the path of true logic. Vulcans are funny. Uh, she's searching for a criminal named Barjan Tor, who has been seen in the vicinity. However, when Spock says, well, then why is Katil here? You know, I got my thing. It's like, uh, I mean, I'm happy to do the thing for your friend or whatever. T'Pring's like, uh, Katil can handle Barjan, and that's why she's here, because I want to spend some quality time with you. And T'Pring says, we must prioritize our relationship. And Spock says, oh, yeah, 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 of course, of course. I just have one quick duty to do before we can get together, but uh, we'll have dinner tonight and it'll be lovely. And she goes, oh, I will look forward to it. We discover what that diplomatic thing is. This is a group called the Rongovian Protectorate. And Spike and Spike, I did it already. I can't believe I did it already. <laughs> Pike <laughs> and Spock and Uhura. I'm looking at it, but I, I don't know. I mean, they're if there's a, a if there's a body swap with Hawk and Spike, Hawk and Spike, oh shit, I can't do it either. <laughs> with Pike and Spock, then, then, and only then can we call uh, them Spike. <clears throat> uh, yeah, only if I shipped a Pike Spock relationship could I call them Spike. Uh, Pike, Spock, and Ohura are in a meeting with Admiral Robert at April. Uh, oh, Nota Bene. Pike's little captain's jacket. Very TOS. Yes, that was you would never my... catch a modern captain in one of those, no, whatever that game is. A green tunic. A tunic. It's tunic. a very good call for what that is. Hmm. I have to say, he looks very good in it. Um, <laughs> and I like the green, too. Okay, <laughs> do we have, do we have a little crush on, on Pike? I Listen, his sartorial flair is to be admired. His hair is very high. I want his hair. Huh. You've got, yeah, That's you've similar. had hair that high before. Yeah, it was during the pandemic, I, I should think. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't get it cut. But yes, hair goals. Oh, yeah. 
high salt and pepper like that, mm. very, mm-hmm. very classy. I can only dream for my hair to, to go salt, that salt and pepper in my 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 age, my old age. In my senescence. Thank you. Um, okay, so they're finding about the Rongovian Protectorate. Uh, this group controls a very tiny little sliver of space between the Klingon and Romulan empires. And it's the fastest route to the Beta Quadrant, but without safe passage, the the Starfleet keeps losing ships there. And uh, the group is like very private, but recently they've been open to diplomatic relationships. And so, you know, April basically wants uh, Pike and Spock uh, to to do some diplomatic relations with the Rongovians and see if they can't get this figured out so that maybe they join their federation, but maybe not. Maybe they just create a connection here so that the ships can go through that way. Uh, they find out that there were some attempts done by the Tellarites that did not go well, and we see a video of that going very terribly with the Rongovian ambassador insulting the Tellarite for their looking ridiculous. Possibly my favorite quotable moment of this episode and uh, uh, so they say, okay, you're going to have to talk to this guy, the lead diplomat. His name is Vaso Legalia. And he's the captain of their flagship, which they see as a solar sail ship, which the Rongovians bring out for ceremonial occasions. And they fly the flag of new allies if things go well. But nota bene, again, the Rongovians are also in entering into uh, diplomatic relationships with the Klingons and the Vulcans are not far behind. So there's a, there's a time limit on this as they're discussing this. They're like, Oh, the meeting is tomorrow. So we'll start tomorrow. The, they get a calm from La'an who says the Rongovian delegation is there at the door and they need to be seen immediately. They enter. Uh, we meet Vaso and his first officer. They turn out to be super duper friendly, but they only want to talk to Pike. And the first officer noticed that Spock is Vulcan. This leads to some discussion about how the Federation determines, like, who's in charge with so many alien voices. And Pike talks about how they vote and they get the strength from the whole. And Vaso says, ah, empathy is a hallmark of Rongovian culture, which most people do not understand. And he says, we will sit and talk, claps him on the shoulder, and they begin talks immediately. And Spock just sort of blinks, thinking, oh, snap, I'm going to miss dinner. Meanwhile, shenanigans pawn the ship. Chapel and Ortegas are enter the sick the sick bay, and they're waiting on Mbango, who's said he's been collecting some data to share with Doctor Baroa. Who Ortegas like is that somebody special? Chapel's like no, it's just a person who's like uh, specializes in non-invasive surgical techniques. And Ortegas like, whoa, how would you? You're gonna see Lieutenant uh, Dever, 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 Dever. I think it's Dever. Dever. I think it was Dever. Dever. Yeah. Uh, and Ortega's like, how are we going to play at this time? You want me to, like, give you a hand signal or keep my comms open? And Chapel's like, listen, we don't have to worry about with, with Dever. We have a very just casual relationship. No attachments. Uh, everything's cool. It's like, no, we're not We're not trying to do anything serious. And Ortega's is like, uh, Chapel, you've said that before with disastrous results. Uh, and Chapel's like, oh, just one time on one planet. It's, it's cool. Anyway, the doc is ready. He has his fly fishing hat on. He looks ridiculous. Uh, but he hears that the biospheres that they're going to have everything. And they go to the transporter room and are checked out for surely by La'an and number one. Before they are transported, Doc asks La'an and number one what they're going to do for sure leave. And Ortega says, they don't do sure leave, they do sure stay. And Doc goes, oh yeah, their nickname. <laughs> and then he tries to cover it. And he says, Lieutenant Kylo, transport us. And number one's like, whoa, 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 what's the nickname? And Mbanga says he can't remember. And then Ortega says, hey, the nickname for you two is where fun goes to die. 
uh, and then they get transported, and Una asks the chief if he's heard of this, and he denies a bit too vociferously. Spock returns to his quarters to find T'Pring waiting and dinner cold upon the table, tries to apologize for his change of plans. T'Pring voices concern that Spock's work in Starfleet makes him perhaps too human for them to be compatible, and then she excuses himself. Ooh, burn. Charlie Brown Spock. And that's where we get the credits. It was a big opening thing, setting a lot of stuff up. We come back. Chapel's on a date with this cat, Deaver, at some fancy restaurant. They're, like, you know, drinking, and she's like, hey, we can skip drinks and just kind of get down to business if you want. Uh, to business uh, if you want. Uh, and he's like, well, but I want to talk about, like, us. Like, where are we going? Like, what's this about? And she's like, oh, snap, this is no good. And then she sees Spock eating alone. She's like, oh, uh, I have to go check on my friend. Uh, bye. Uh, La'an and number one, meanwhile, are walking through an em- the empty corridors of the Enterprise, and they're uh, somewhat bothered by their nickname, but they're like, oh, but like we like doing work. It's like fun. Like the ship's empty and stuff, and like I can redo the duty roster and I can check the phaser supplies and the armor or whatever. And they're like, you know what? It's great, like in doing work and stuff. We're not where fun goes to die or whatever. And then Singh gets a message uh, for a security breach. Nunyan Singh gets a message for a security breach in Airlock Four. And she's looking for backup, and number one's like, I'm your backup. And she's like, yes. And they go open the the, the airlock to discover uh, two cadets uh, in spacesuits uh, who are like, oops, we're on crew, so sorry. <laughs> More to that later. Chapel sits down with Spock. She tells him that he's an idiot for breaking his promise. She smacks him upside his head and tells him that he's got to demonstrate to Pring that... Uh, uh, he cares for her. Uh, human or Vulcan, the relationship has to be prioritized, and he has to show to bring that that is true. And Spock also tells him about her concern about him being half-human, about this terrible dream that he's had. Uh, they, they, they sort of relate over the fact that they both didn't get along super well with people, but they had pets that they liked, uh, that they were able to connect with. Uh, and Chapel says, that's what friends are for when she gives him advice, and he says, I don't know. Anyway, that's a whole joke. They have a nice little moment that probably goes way over Spock's head, but not over chapels. Hello, wedding bells, maybe. Spock brings to Pring in for formal Vulcan soul sharing, believing that this will allow them to grow closer and truly understand each other. To Pring consents, they do it. They, the hands and the touching and the rituals and the speaking in Vulcan. And when they touch, the lights go out, they come back on, and guess what? They have swapped bodies. Uh, yeah, Tepring is in Spock. Spock ooh, is in Tepring. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Thus begins disaster. Thus begins hijinks. <laughs> hijinks. Uh, because uh, they don't know how to switch their bodies back. And just at that point, Pike is visited by Admiral April. He says the Rongovians are like, yeah, we didn't like it. We're going to cancel all future meetings. Uh, we're going to have one more meeting, but we want to meet with Spock. Just Spock. So Spock and T'Pring are there in his quarters, like doing all kinds of chants and stuff to try and recalibrate their katras. And there's a ring at the door. Spock convinces T'Pring to impersonate him, despite the fact they both dislike uh, hijinks, uh, and tell whoever it is to go away so they can spend a few more hours and fix what's gone wrong. However, it's Pike. And while they attempt a subterfuge, it does not go well. (laughs) And they tell uh, Pike what has happened and when he discovers the situation uh, he's like well listen the Rogovians will only talk to Spock or someone who looks like him 
And though Spock doesn't want to put Dupring through it, Dupring is super down to do it because she's like, didn't we do this so that we get to experience what each other go through? I think this would be a good experience to do that. And so she goes off. Meanwhile, Una and La'an are dealing with these cadets. Uh, La'an, as they walk up to the door to uh, sort of, uh, I want to say, question these cadets, see what they were doing, La'an calls out bad cop before Una can do it. Una's like, damn! Uh, so they go in and they interrogate the ensigns, each with one uh, in a different room. Uh, La'an does bad cop very, very well. And hey, number one does good cop very well. They're like mm. drinking cocoa or something. Uh, <laughs> you fully believe she was naturally good cop. She was naturally good cop. Uh, <clears throat> and they discovered that these cadets were playing something called Enterprise Bingo. Uh, and the enter- and the ensigns were on the last square, which is to sign the scorch. Uh, so number one's like, listen, obviously what you did was very responsible. Your shore leave is canceled and you're going to be working with uh, Chief Kyle for the next two days. And they say, not him. He's so mean, which is uh, interesting, very funny and probably true. And they'll be scrubbing transporter pads. However, when the kids walk out, uh, Una and number one are both like, what the hell is Enterprise Bingo? They have no idea what bingo is. Meanwhile, Spock, uh, as to Pring, oh, these episodes when I have to run them down. Spock, as to Pring, is contacted by To Kill. And To Kill is like, oh, hey, uh, I hate to interrupt you. I know you want to spend time with Spock, but we found that prisoner, uh, Barjan, uh, and he will surrender, but only to you, To Pring, i.e., Spock. And he's like, uh, uh, I'm not feeling myself. She's like, okay, great. Well, listen, we cannot do it, and you can let this guy go free. But uh, I'll tell you what you told me. If it's not us offering the way back to true logic, who's going to do it? Uh, meanwhile, Chapel is having a stroll with Ortegas in the biosphere and talking about how things went terribly, terribly wrong with De- Devers. And uh, she hasn't quite, she needs to set some boundaries. Apparently, he's been reading her poetry or something like that. And they see Tapring walking. Tapring, Spock, it's Spock as Tapring. And Chapel mentions having given advice to Spock, and, and Ortegas is very worried about. Uh, uh, Chapel getting involved in a Vulcan relationship. Uh, she says, you never do that, but whatever. Dupring walks over, Dupring, in air quotes, walks over and asks to speak to Nurse Chapel alone, and that's when Spock explains the situation, and they're looking for a medical solution, and Chapel suggests Spock, uh, hey, uh, this is also your opportunity to get to know Dupring better, so maybe do the work. Uh, Una and La'an, meanwhile, are on the Enterprise. They decide, you know what, we found, we confiscated a, uh, a you know, it's not a worksheet it's on a tablet of enterprise bingo let's do enterprise bingo uh spock and uhura wait did i skip a thing i think i did they play enterprise bingo but i didn't write down all the stuff that they do uh basically they do a thing where someone chews gum until the flavor is gone and they gets transported away and gets transported back and the flavor comes back and they do a thing in the turbo lift where they both they count down and shout out a thing and whoever wins they and they seem to go in they they're into it uh and then the last thing that they do is uh stand in the corridor with the phases on the lowest setting and they're supposed to shoot each other i love uh, that yes <laughs> number one uh at the last minute says maybe we shouldn't do this and Lon <laughs> shoots her and she says ow that that really stings uh uh, while that full hijinks is happening, <laughs> Spock uh, and, and oh Spock, oh God, uh, 
to Pring as Spock and Uhura go to talk with the Rongovians. And Pike and April observe. They observe that while they're talking to Spock, uh, the Rongovians become very Vulcan-like, like totally doing the logic thing and saying, question, query, assessment, uh, suggestion, all that stuff. Eventually, they ask Spock to bring uh, what the point of the Federation is if it dilutes its constituent cultures in the name of this mixing pot. And Dupring has to answer this, but Dupring answers uh, sort of in the... Uh, at this time, remember, the Vulcans are very... Uh, not super, super into uh, Starfleet. Um, sort of like part of part of the Federation, but not about sort of mixing so much. And so she answers as Spock saying that she has misgivings about these the dilution of culture. And there are times when she wishes... He... Uh, the to bring as Bach wishes that they could return to Vulcan to honor their culture and uh, things going sort of awry Pike intervenes and he answers the question on behalf of Spock to bring telling the Rongovians and also to bring in Spock's body how Spock is the embodiment of what is great about the Federation the sacrifices he's made the, his seeking of knowledge his kindness to others his willingness to do uh, to go where no one has gone before his desire for adventure etc etc and then Pike Mason moved to bring out of there, realizing they never should have put her in that situation. But the Rongovians decide they are impressed with Pike's uh, standing up for his cadet, uh, for his uh, uh, lieutenant. And they conclude the session, but say they will return to give a summation before they leave. Meanwhile, we get a wonderful, I thought this was cute. I'm glad it didn't get cut because it was not super important. But just like a wonderful shot of the biospheres and then just bang a Dr. Mbanga just enjoying fly fishing by himself. Just really hat on, out there doing his thing. Uh, Spock has decided to bring Chapel to the ne negotiations with Barjan, the criminal. <clears throat> Barjan immediately insults Dupring uh, because he says, you hold up the Vulcan ideals in one hand, but you insult them by being patrolled to the half-human Spock. And when Chapel defends Spock, uh, that does not impress Barjan uh, because he, you know, he's like, ah, yes, humans evolved from monkeys, are they not? <laughs> and Barjan says, you know what? I'm not going to submit to rehabilitation. I was thinking about it or whatever, but I don't want to do it, you know, because of the company you keep. Humans. Yuck. Uh, and so Spock, as to Pring, punches him in the face and knocks him out. And he turns to Chapel and says, maybe we should keep the details of how we apprehended this fellow to ourselves. Meanwhile, oh, after that, Mbanga and Chapel are working on Spock and Dupring, and they're doing the Katra uh, transfer. Uh, what did all my stuff about the people? No, no. Oh, that's coming. Okay. Doing the Katra transfer, and they're using ground Navalan sea urchin, which is a good electromagnetic match for Vulcan skin. And Mbanga explains that the Katra stuff is a mix between medicine and something else and chapels like magic and he's like the mind and they start this procedure and Spock and Dupring scream uh, in pain later Spock is thanking Chapel for helping him and Chapel says it's no big deal and Spock says it was and Chapel says hey you know the key is to just be honest not only with Dupring but with yourself so we see Spock and Dupring in uh, their quarters and Spock admits that he thought she might think him too human and want to cut off the relationship. Dupring feared that he was in a relationship with her out of duty. And they say they must both want to be in a relationship. And they vow that they want to do that. And guess what? They get back to kissy kissy and fall back on the bed. And the camera pans up to the window and you know what happens after that. Meanwhile, Pike, April, and Uhura are waiting on the Rongovians. April and Uhura have no idea what Pike has planned, but Pike's like, I got an idea. The Rongovians arrive, ask why they should ally with the Federation, and Pike's like, you shouldn't. 
why would you want to take on our enemies? We're only a few years out of the Klingon War. I mean, you know, it could be dangerous for you guys. Uh, he says, listen, the Federation has plenty to offer, but it comes with price. And the Rangovians say, thank you for your honesty and leave. Uh, and April and Uhura are like, what are you doing? You ruined everything. And Pike's like, mm, I have a theory. He suggests that the Rangovians value more than anything else may be empathy, someone who understands their point of view. And as he's saying this, they look out the window things and they see the Rangovian sun sail ship setting off and tis flying the flag. The Federation is an indication of their new allyship. Uh, meanwhile, Una and number one have decided to finish Enterprise Bingo and they're on the last one, which is to sign the Scorch. And they're going to break the rules in the most fascinating way. So instead of going in their spacesuits, uh, they created a force field and they're just walking, just strolling on the hull of the uh, Enterprise. Seems very dangerous. Uh, they go to sign the Scorch. What is the Scorch? We find out at last. It's the oldest unreplaced piece of the Enterprise hull. And it's considered good luck to sign it. So they both sign it. And as they're doing that, they look up and they see the sun sail ship sailing through the sun. Is that a sentence? Uh, we flash back to Spock and T'Pring in bed. Oh, yeah, kissy kissy's over. Uh, T'Pring claims to have enjoyed being Mr. Spock for a day. And Spock says, uh, I should admit to you that uh, the way I brought in Barjan was that I punched him in the face. And T'Pring says, having met Barjan, that is logical. And guess what? I lied. There's more kissy. Uh, and then, final scene, Ortega's in chapel having drinks. It's the end of Bashur leave. And Chapel's ended things with Dever at last good because i hate his name and <laughs> ortega says that's what you got to do in in any relationship you got to be honest you got to you know be straightforward the same advice you gave to spock and chapel says if i do that then things got, might get serious and ortega says like so what and chapel sort of uh stumbles she says well it would have to be the right guy and there endeth episode five season one star trek strange new worlds spock a buck Let's chat about that. I say, darling, let's do a quick chat about that. Yes, yes, let's do. Indeed. My stars, what fun. What fun. What hijinks. What What fun. fun. What hijinks. I I couldn't figure out a way, like in the rundown, I wanted to talk about all the hijinks they do, but it's it's not funny for me to be like, and then Spock says, and then, but it's Dupree. And so he looks super uncomfortable, but because, you know, but it's a great episode. Just one of those that... I will return to and watch for comfort, like the broccoli episodes of Next Generation. Just a goofy oh. goofball episode, you know. <laughs> Lieutenant Broccoli. Uh, Barclay, Mr. Barclay. Mr. Barclay. Those are fun. Those are some hijinks. So what did you think? I, I quite enjoyed seeing the lighter side of uh, Una Chin Riley and uh, La'an. Oh, yeah. I thought it was great. I really loved the breakout. You know, like everyone's doing their own little thing. So you don't. There is, they did have like the overarching thing with the Rongovians, but it was mm-hmm. like nicely solved. And Pike is sort of like less of a main character in this episode. And so you get like Una and La'an hanging out. You get Pike and Dupring. You get Chapel and Ortegas. Now we understand that they have like a buddy-buddy relationship. Uh, and we get to see like what all these people are, are like during Who downtime. they are a bit more. Yeah. Yeah. Which is super fun. Uh, yeah, so they've really incorporated a lot of the uh, like the side characters. We get to know them. We know Pike and Spock so well because mm. we know Spock so well, period. But we know Pike from Discovery. And now we get yeah. to like 
really get to hone in on Una Chin Riley and her relationship with Bond. They're there. I would watch them, you know, buddy cop their way through the universe as well. Uh, and I liked, uh, yeah, uh, we see there's some sort of burgeoning affection that Nurse Chapel has for Mr. Spock, even though he is betrothed to Tipring. <laughs> uh, uh, but she's in it for the fun, for the joy, for the giggles, for the kicks. And uh, Ooh, I think she's having a she's developing quite the soft spot for Mr. Spock. Yes. Well, it's hard not to. Uh, Spock is the one that everyone liked, apparently. Apparently that caused some some consternation in the old TOS uh, uh, among the cast. People were like, what about the super hot captain that gets the girl every week? And everyone's like, we're the tall alien. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> obviously, body swapping is always fun and super mm. fun with, with Vulcans who truly, they did a great job of like, Vulcans are so logical and not, you know, sort of like emotive it's difficult to do a Freaky Friday with two Vulcans, you would think, because you'd be like, they basically act the same. But you can see the subtle differences in their, in their, you know, the way they held themselves and the way they spoke. Yeah, they did such a great job, those two actors. Yeah, just, amazing. It was so subtle, but so well done. And it was just, some, some, sometimes it was just the cadence or the rhythm of how they were yes, speaking. Yeah, yeah. And it was, yeah, so good. Yeah. Speaking of body swapping, though, I can only... Doing, doing some research, I was only able to find two instances of proper body swapping. Is this FF? Is this your fun fact? Canon. Uh, no, actually, oh, okay. this wasn't my fun fact. This was just, well, I suppose it is a fun fact. Well, I'm having but, fun. Mm, I'm having fun too. <laughs> uh, body and Soul from Voyager was one where we saw the doctor, t- uh, I don't know, live in Seven's body right. somehow. Yeah. Mm. And that was one. And then original series had one called Turnabout Intruder where Kirk was in the body of uh, a character called Janice Lester played by Sandra Smith I don't have I don't God. didn't write down the details of what happened in that episode it wasn't apparently one of the favorites yeah it, it I sort of decried as I don't have a memory of that episode I'm sure I've seen it seen them all but mm. I can't remember that one yeah I'm gonna have to go check that out yeah but it's funny because we think oh but like a body swap episode when actually it's not super entrenched within Star Trek canon. No, not at all. Although, you know, it's it's definitely super entrenched within American shenanigans Sci-fi. movie. Yes. Yeah. Freaky oh, Fridays. Yes, for sure. Three remakes or whatever. But Yeah. Uh yeah, I very much enjoyed that I saw it coming when he was like, Yeah, let's just do a soul thing. I was like, this is a fun, lighthearted episode and I have a feeling they're gonna get stuck. Something weird is gonna happen where they get stuck in each other's bodies and experience each other's lives or something. But it was done so well and so joyful. I love though when Pike came in and they were trying to lie to him. He was like totally buying it, and they were like, "We have to tell him the truth." I agree. And they were like, "Yes, we switched bodies. Now you can see why it's so obvious." And Pike was like, "Yeah, sure, sure, uh, yeah, I do right away." Mm-hmm. Anyway, a, fa- a fun show. Uh, uh, and uh, yes, I really loved uh, Una and Laan uh, fighting over who gets to be bad cop and. Uh, there was just a lot of quick things that happened that were super funny and, and fun uh, and enjoyable. Yeah, it was so great. And I love the progression of the Rongovians also helps push like the larger story forward, like this whole post-Romulan war, a uh, post-Vulcan war, Klingon. but pre-Romulan Star Empire issues uh, yes. that come in, you know, in TOS. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. For sure. 
I mean, what did you think of Enterprise Bingo? Because that was very Lower Dexy. So Lower Dexy. I love that they're incorporating more. I think I would I feel like because of Lower Decks, mm-hmm. all the franchises are being more thoughtful about what is happening on the Lower Decks in their ships, like even as little side bits. Because, yes, yeah, very Lower yeah. Dexy. And the cadets are so lower. The, their whole reaction to being punished is that Chief Kyle is super mean, which is a side of him we never will see because we only hang out with the crew. We don't know. Yeah. I mean, with like the bridge crew where Chief Kyle is like basically, you know, subservient to them. <laughs> but, he seemed fine. He didn't look mean. I mean, like but, if, if they had said, yeah, you've got to work with Hemmer, then yeah, yeah you could be like, yeah. oh, shit. Well, but Kyle might be like very much like, you know, it seems like he's very workaholic-y. Like, if you had to work with Miles O'Brien, you could imagine you'd be doing a lot of work all day. He's a nice guy. That's bad. He's very grumpy, though. Mm-hmm. I guess we have to wait to see what Chief Kyle does in his off time. <laughs> yes, good point. Maybe, I don't know. I wonder. I wonder. So, uh, word on the street is that you do have yet another fun fact. I have one more fun fact. What have you got for us? Fun fact. fact. So when... <laughs> When I was watching the ready room, because I like to do all my extras homework, and there, so a number of the characters, I think there was Una, uh, there was Laan, Spock, um, Ortega's, Mbenga, I think that was it. There may have been one more. Oh, Uhura. Uhura mm-hmm. So I'm just naming uh, characters. Yeah. Um, so they all played uh, a form of Enterprise Bingo. Really? Something. Yes. Yeah, such things like you know, on set, did you have you sat in the captain's chair? Um, have you had a fan come up to you and like say Star Trek changed your life have you had like a, you know like that kind of experience and so they went through it and one thing I find I found surprising and somewhat disappointing actually um, the square was I have watched or have you watched an entire franchise from start to finish of mm-hmm. Star Trek mm-hmm. not one of them had that no. was disappointing. Well, Not one of them had watched an entire franchise from start to finish. Stevie, that's 120 episodes for the most part. That's a lot of time. So? So? Get so? to studying. There's Discovery. There's Lower Decks. There's there's no excuse. Listen. There are new treks. They, they're, they're actors. They're working. They're working actors. They have a lot of work to do. I just, I just thought, you know, if they're real fans, you know, like you and me. Yeah, well, they're so, not oh, Hemmer. fans. Hemmer they're in was the, show. the other one. <laughs> I know. Hemmer was the other one. We're fans. I know we're fans. <laughs> we're the fans. They're the. But they're like, working. You know, when they're all like, "Oh yeah, I'm such a big Star Trek fan." When they when they're cast, and you're like, "No, you're fucking not. Well, you didn't watch all of this or every single episode like we did. It's, we were it's all relative, Steve. It's all relative. <laughs> they watched, you know, a little bit of TNG when they were growing up. They can't all be us and Stacey Abrams, you know. They can't That's all true. be. But I hear anyway. That. I hear that, that was my fun fact. Yeah. Uh, wonderful. Well, here we are, ladies and gentlemen, here at the set phasers desk, and we go immediately over to Stevie at the Easter egg desk. Stevie, how are you doing today? Well, hi there, Rocky. Happy to be here, as always. Down here on the Star Trek Strange New Worlds desk, I have some fascinating Easter eggs for you. Strange. Strange. Did I do that? You did. Oops. <laughs> um, well, obviously, during the opening, we have such a throwback to Amok time, and they did a really good job of 
pay, paying homage to this wonderful scene. Spock banging the gong, um, flashing the Vulcan salute, which actually, fun fact, originated in a mock time. Oh, interesting. I did Very not know interesting. that. Fasc- fascinating. One might say fascinating. 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 Spock's shirt is ripped almost exactly the same way that, S- that Kirk's gets ripped in a mock time. Mm-hmm. So that's fun. Now, how many different Spocks do you think we saw in this episode? This is a slight, somewhat of a trick question, but I've, I've, this popped up, so I thought it might be fun to count. Right. There's a human Spock, mm-hmm. super Vulcan Spock, yep, regular Spock, mm-hmm. uh, and to bring Spock. Am I missing a fifth Spock? No, nope, you got it. Four That's Spocks. a four. Okay. Oh, jeez. We got four Spocks. Oof. Good job. Look at you. You're the fan. You're the, the super fan. What can I say? I'm a fan. Mm-hmm. Spock mentioned Starbase One had been repaired after the Klingon War, referencing the events of Disco Season One, mm-hmm. when Enterprise was far away from Federation space. So lots of little, little canon reference. Mm-hmm. We do like that. Yes, indeed. Um, solar sail is actually, we think, possibly a DS9 reference from the episode Explorers, in which Cisco builds an ancient Bajoran ship with a solar sail. Very good. I didn't think you'd mm. catch that one. Wow. <laughs> Oh, I like to find the DS9 references for you. Mm. Um, There was a Bolian. So one of the ensigns who gets caught was Bolian. Do you remember the last Bolian or when the the first Bolian was introduced to Um, the franchise? To Star Star Trek? Uh, Yes. Yes. Oh, God. Uh, The Bolian is the uh, busting him up guy, right? No, the oh. Bolian was the was Mr. Mott, the barber in uh, TNG. In TNG. I think I do remember we see Riker coming out. That's right. I think must be with Picard, but we I only remember seeing him once. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was Ensign Zier who played, um, or sorry, it was Ensign Zier who was the Bolian. Yes. So there we are. Um, to uh, Pring's greeting, parted from me and never parted. Yes. Uh, and Spock's response directly was said in a mock time. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was done in front of the bridge crew. So again, they were just like really, really throwing it back. Yes. So I liked it because you didn't have to have seen a mock time. You don't have to have been a huge TOS fan, as I was not really. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I may now actually go back and watch it and have a bit more enthusiasm and um, in- endearment for it. Yeah. But I do like that, you know, it can exist um, in a vacuum, if you will. So yeah, those are all of my... Those are all of my Easter eggs. So, Aki, it's uh, it's everything here from the Easter egg deck down in Star Trek Strange New Worlds. It's back to you in the studio. Thanks for, uh, thank you for having me back in the studio. And now we move on uh, to everyone's favorite segment, Quotable Moments. Quotable Moments. Ooh, what do you have? Okay, well, these are hard. A lot of them are dialogue-based, but one that... Uh, truly stands out. Perhaps my favorite of the entire episode is Vassal Legalia talking to the Tellarite and saying, quote, your beard is as ridiculous as your proposals. I just want to say that in real life. Uh, and uh, obviously uh, Spock, uh, Spock and Debring, when they're deciding whether or not to answer the door, Debring says, Spock, I do not like hijinks. And Spock says, mm. in that we are in agreement, but it appears that hijinks is, are the most logical course of action. Which I thought was cute. <laughs> Very cute. 
I had um, I had a shared acceptance of mutual sacrifice as crucial to a successful relationship. Uh, and you know, yes, it's very true. It's very, but it's also very Vulcan the way that it's said. I thought quite that, quite like that from mm-hmm. Tapring. And uh, number one, as senior officer, I don't get to be part of the crew anymore. Mm. And Laan says, "Oh no, that's not because you're a senior officer. It's because you terrify people." Yes, that's a compliment. And that's a compliment. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, likey, I also likey. like when, uh, and also in that conversation when they get the the uh, notification of a, a breach, uh, and Laan's like, uh, "Who's going to back me up?" Uh, asks the computer, and, and number one says, "You don't need to do that. I'll back you up." And Laan says, "People are idiots. You're fun." Yes, <laughs> that was perfect. Uh, oh, I had uh, Nurse Chapel. Spock, you're clearly an extraordinarily intelligent person. And he's like, thank you. And she says, but you're also an idiot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Very good. And he was like, I should have seen that coming. Mm-hmm. I should have I feel seen, I should that, have coming. seen that coming. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and then I also like just another thing is uh, when chapel's like we got to go you should experience what it's like to be to bring and go find this guy for john and bring him in and spock says this is coming dangerously close to hijinks <laughs> i love that uh probably <laughs> the vulcans only learn what hijinks are from humans <laughs> mm-hmm. and they're like <laughs> this is sounding a lot like that hijinks you speak of so much mm-hmm. absolutely uh that's all i got here that's all i got Shall we move on to next time? To next time it is. Next time on Set Phasers. Next time on Set Phasers, we'll be talking about um, episode six, which I didn't look up the title of, of uh, which I'm sure is just out. It wasn't out a week ago. Steve uh, is Googling I it. I could maybe find that out very quickly. I believe it's called Lift Us Where Suffering Cannot Reach. Good Lord, what a title. We will be <laughs> talking about episode six, Lift Us Where Suffering Cannot Reach. Um but thank you so much for listening to the program, tuning in live if you're part of the Patreon crew. Uh, and if you like what you hear or like what you have heard, then please uh, find us wherever you get your podcast. We put out new episodes every Monday if we can, depending on whether or not I can find a hotel room on tour with internet. And yeah. uh, yes, uh, uh, but either way, you can find us anywhere. And we have tons of back episodes where we talk about all Star Trek Discovery, all Star Trek Picard, all of Star uh, Trek. Star Trek uh, Lower Decks and finally now Star Trek Straight New Worlds mm-hmm. Join us on Patreon patreon.com forward slash phasers to join in hijinks with uh, Aki and myself that's patreon.com forward slash phasers uh, yes uh, and also you can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Set Phasers Podcast uh, where Stevie does a lot of Stevie stuff uh, meme game strong Woohoo! well that's all from me I'm Stevie Mans and I'm just waiting for the right guy. And this has been Set Phasers, a highly illogical Star Trek podcast. <laughs> that was cute. I like that. Computer. End program. Good times. Good times. <laughs> just un- under the wire.